I'm not governed by the fear of what other people say. You've got to open your heart. Well, number one, he's one of the elite offensive players in the game. What is leadership like in today's football world? Hello. Welcome back to another edition of Not Another Philly Sports Talk Show. I am Mike Sealski from the Inquirer, joined as usual by Dave Murphy from the Daily News. We have a special treat this week. Uh, we are joined by longtime Daily News sports writer and Jack in the Box taco aficionado, Mike Kern. I was Mike. wandering the halls, and this is what happens? <laughs> it is. You get we, roped in? We, uh, just when you think you're out, we pull yeah, you back in. Yeah, how about that? Uh, so thanks for joining us, Mike. We were just. Uh, what else would I be doing? I don't know, probably writing a Villanova story. I'd or be listening right? to you guys talk, so now this way I can join in. Okay. Well, why don't you tell our audience what you would be doing? If there was a jack in the box, no, I mean, like what are you doing? What would you be doing if we had not roped you into this podcast? Uh, I'd probably be eating lunch and then getting ready to start writing. Uh, what would you be having for lunch? What would I be having for lunch? Let's see. If I went to the Reading Terminal, I could get some of that Beck's Cajun food. That's good. Is that That's your go to spot over there? Beck's Cajun's pretty good because you, you can't get much Cajun. In, in Philly. Philly, that's right. And theirs is pretty. Theirs is pretty authentic. It's it's not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but you could go to uh, Herschel's Deli, get a great corned beef. Um, where else do we go? Uh, the um, the Amish people have a oh yeah a place okay. where you the get Amish like breakfast the, place. Yeah, or the chicken platter. Or yeah, something. Oh, I mean their foods can't go wrong. So yeah, you can you can uh, down home diner. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack McDavid's place. Yeah, I I can eat. I just don't. I don't. I don't understand. How you can go from talking about steak and shake and your love for it, Why, no. as you were doing off air, to, no. to the Reading Terminal Market, an actual. Well, there's no Jack in the Box here. Yeah. If there was, a I, ja- I'm the steak and shake. Steak. If there was a Jack in the Box a mile from here, I'd be trudging to the to the Jack in the Box. Trust me, to get my four tacos for two dollars and a soda, and I, I'm happy. Mike knows this because I forwarded him the, the story. But my, last parent, week, my parents always ask me why I'm not saving for retirement, and it's because I'm paying for the health care premiums <laughs> of your generation. And I just want you to think of that. That's, that's when a problem. You're, when you're on the golf course. At that's the, a problem of the system, not the fact that Mike Kern likes Jack in the Box. Five, how many was it? $550 million? So, yes. Well, Jack in the Box Wall Street tacos. Journal last week did a story about. You are also a man of the party of personal responsibility. And I would say that for Jack I, I would the say box, there's would a trade-off say, there. I would say there's a trade-off, yes. When we make a trip, like like Villanova, so Villanova's going to get sent somewhere. The first thing I do is check to see, and I usually know where there's jack-in-the-boxes. Mm-hmm. But when we went to Houston last year, to, this is true. I checked, immediately checked. I got into the hotel. I said to the woman, where is her? She said, you take this train, four stops, and it was right in the middle of the ghetto, and I was there. <laughs> and, and it was a beautiful thing. And there, and in Maui, we go, my wife and I, every five years, go for our anniversaries. There's a Jack in the Box in Maui, about a mile from our. They're not as good in Maui. Do they have, are they um, like tuna tacos? No, Jack they're, in the they're, box they're the same Maui? tacos. Um, okay. I think they're a little more mo- money, but but I go there like two or three times. Yeah. During so the so trip. last week, the Wall Street Journal had a front page story about how two people sent me this. Him and a friend of mine. Yeah. In San it was Francisco. very New York. It was very New York Timesian of them. Yeah, <laughs> about how how the taco at Jack in the Box is the number one. Food items sold by Jack in the Box. Even though they're famous for their burgers, people are addicted yeah, to their I'm the tacos. only one, whenever I'm in a Jack in the Box, it seems like I'm the only one ordering tacos. Everybody else is ordering burgers and There are millions of you out that's, there that's just like you, Mike. You're the only one who's drunk at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> I, no, I was per- perfectly sober in Houston and enjoying it. 
Uh, said nobody ever until Mike Kern on this podcast. Write it down. <laughs> Houston. You, you like Houston? No. All right. Good. I mean, it w- we had a good time. We had a good time. Houston's very spread out. Well, very yeah. spread out city. You have without a good time real... wherever you go. I have a better time when it's sunny and golf clubs could be involved. But, yeah, I mean, I, we've been in Minneapolis and had great times. Mm-hmm. Um, Minneapolis it, is a great town. It's where it's, To me, it's who you're with. If I'm with four or five people, if I'm there by myself, eh, you know, who knows? And, and more and more in our business, that's what it's becoming. But, you know, you get me on the road with – Juliano or, or Ford or and Ford or Jensen or, or or even our editor now. He used to make some yeah, hel- he used to there. make some hellacious road trips. Mr. Hoffman. <laughs> Are you guys popping bottles? Uh the the let's put it this way. The bathtub could be full. With beer. With beer? All right. <laughs> Not with tacos. Beer. No. Yeah. Like with beer. With bodies? Yeah, see now you got me thinking. Like Chicago the Chicago beef sandwich. There you go. Better than the cheesesteak. Whoa, that's, oh, that is that's heresy. A, that's a bold statement. It's that is. Be, you know why? Because you never get a bad one. Like, you can get bad cheesesteaks. In Chicago, the, 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 you get that beef, the thinly sliced beef with the jardinier on it, and they dip it, and then you can get a Polish sausage in it and really make it special. Oh, God. I'm jonesing for Chicago. For, the, for those of you who do not know, Mike Kern is our resident college basketball expert here at the Philadelphia Daily I'm News. I'm the food expert is what and, I am. And Philly.com. But yeah. we're going to talk about food because – this is his wheelhouse. Why? Why are you not writing about this for us? I, I, pro- you know, in, in seriousness, I, sometimes I wonder why I'm not like the shopping writer. Like when somebody goes to um, Franklin Mills and tells me what all the bargains are. Now I know the bargains. Trust me. <laughs> but the food here, li- here lies my current food. He knew where Jack can, in the Boxes were. I, I and he knew the you bargains. You give me a city, at Franklin Mills, you, Boise, Idaho. I know where the Jack in the Box is. L.A. I know. All right. Well, well, let's test this then. The L.A. There's one uh, near I'm the gonna airport. Look at, I'm going to let's see. How about uh, Phoenix has about. Six of them. How about Tulsa, Oklahoma? I'm not sure if Tulsa has them. I'm looking at the American Athletic Conference standings. No, Cincinnati. No, not every Jack no, in the first box of all, up you there. can't find one. The closest one to Philly is in North Carolina, down in the Charlotte area. Um, there used to be one, and then you got to go like Louisiana. Yeah, I went and visited Bernard Fernandez last year in New Orleans. We had to drive to Baton Rouge because there was Jack in the Boxes in Baton Rouge. You made him drive to Baton Rouge. Well, we were going to visit friends. Okay, his friends. But we stopped at the Jack in the Box, and him and his wife liked them. Wow. And they I, say, I, can't, and they, I, I can't make this up. And they say that's, the media is out of touch with middle America. I, I, that's right. How dare they? So, Boise, Idaho. I know where the one is in Boise. How about that? All right. <laughs> and St. Louis has more of them than anywhere. That's like not 22 of them me. because that's where it was. Uh, headquarters. Headquarters, whatever. They, they, they actually have uh, people living in their Jack in the Box. And there used to be one in Shellmeyer in Frankfurt in Northeast Philly, two blocks from my best friend. And it went away. I, I, I never recovered. Okay. It's been so, all, all right. So I want to spin this back to uh, Chicago beef sandwich versus cheesesteak. Yes. Where are your favorite cheesesteak places in the Philadelphia? Oh, God. Area? I have, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get somebody angry if I leave somebody. Um, let me see. Best. Top of your head. Oh, my, if my, my bet, Mama's. Out in ba- Balakinwood. Okay. It's awesome. Balakinwood. It's right off of, uh, not far from City Avenue. You go down like a block. Or Larry, the people at Larry's are not going to like that, Mike. No. This one is, he uses pizza cheese on it. It's about, th- yeah, it costs a little bit more. It's about, I get two meals out of we it. We call it mozzarella cheese. But he's the only guy that does it like that. Um, and I've never, one thing I can't do is bite into a sandwich and get grizzle. I get grizzle. That's a problem. Never, I've. I've probably eaten 50 of them. Never once had a piece where I went, ah, it's fatty, it's this, it's that. Do you okay. say no grizzle, my nizzle, when you go in there? <laughs> I just, I, I, this is my rule. 
if if we get a bad one, I'll give you a second chance. Get the second bad one. That's, that's why there's some places in Philadelphia like like I'm gonna see. I'm gonna get people upset. Pats and Geno's ain't happening. Yeah. Ever since tourist the, traps. Ever since tourist the, traps. M- Mr. Geno died, uh, it, I just think it hasn't been the same. I believe he likes to be called Senor. Gino. Oh, I'll give you another good one. Um, Jim's. <laughs> oh, Jim's in Fourth Jim, and South. Well, yeah. there's one. Jim's that, is my favorite of the chain places. Jim's, but the best cheesesteak in Philadelphia is John's roast pork. Well, John's. But see, when I go to John's, I get roast pork. Mm-hmm. Or I get a chicken cheesesteak. They also have great breakfast sandwiches. I've, my friend has told me it, but their chicken cheesesteak is phenomenal. Um, but the ro- and what I do with the roast pork is it, it's all you roast pork and you get a meatball on top of it. They call it a, his mom told me they call it an old fashioned back in the day. And then you kind of let it sit for about 15, 20 minutes and everything kind of, and you get some sharp provolone on it, maybe a long hot if you're feeling daring. Wow. And, but Jim's decadence, is, man, there's that a is Jim's decadence. up in the, um, Roosevelt mall, which is, and Jim's is very good for, mm-hmm. you're right. Of the chains. I took a SEPTA bus to the Roosevelt mall when I was a freshman in college. There you go. Yeah. And he, but he's right. I just want to love something in life as much as you love what you're talking about right now. This is this is the look on done. your faces. There's not can't I'm be done. You, you should see me when we're somewhere and there's a Jack in the Box, and he can he can I, test I, it. I can I've seen when it. When I get to the Jack in the Box, and because I might not have had him for a year or two years or whatever, it's like my whole. It's like you just can't get enough. And Mike Jensen, you, I can make you a crappy hamburger if you want. No, nah, no, nah, nah, nah. Mike Jensen and I have like a bet. Like if I go somewhere for. Like five days, let's say golf tournament, maybe six. We were in San Francisco for U.S. Open a few years ago. He sets an over under on how many tacos I'm going to eat. What, what is the over? It's usually like like he'll if I'm going to be there a week, he'll go like sixteen and a half, and usually the over wins. Wow, I took Giuliano there, Ju- mm-hmm. and Giuliano was actually ordering breakfast, and I'm like, Joe, no, 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 you get tacos, four tacos, soda, that's breakfast. And you didn't read this Wall Street Journal article? No, I know what it's. No, I mean I perused it. Yeah, yeah. So. it was actually. I, I should take it back. They, they, they. It was not Times in because they actually provided statistics for their trend. Whereas yeah. the Times would be like, "Oh, I saw three people eating Jack in the Box tacos. Let's yeah. write a well, friend Fran- the <laughs> All the millennials will do it. I have a friend it. who lives in San, near San Modesto, California, who just chastises me all the time because the San Francisco paper did something a few years ago, listed the Jack in the Box taco as the worst fast food thing, like ever invented. And he was like, "See, this is what you're eating." I'm like, "It has American cheese on it, doesn't it?" It's. I think it's two slices of cheddar, because I always get extra on cheese on a taco. That's incredible. And they fry it. That's the great thing about it. Wow. But he was trying to get me to go to like Del Taco or something. I'm like, "No," and, and don't even bring up Taco Bell. That I no, mean, well, that doesn't. That's, that doesn't. No. Yeah. But I. No. All right. So I need to open up a Jack in the Box. Y- y- just Northeast. to feed yourself. Apparently. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. You're not going to sell no them. No profits, but yeah, exactly. that and Polish water ice. So here's – who's got the best – all right, here, so here's one of my beasts with the Palestra. Awful, awful concessions. Oh, yeah. Who has the best concessions in the city? I don't – does anybody? The Phillies are pretty good if you're going to go out uh, to the center field. The Phillies do, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, if, if you – I was thinking college, but oh, – okay. Well, I mean, Vill- well, Villanova actually has a guy who does, like, the catering for the, the media – and they have a, like a, a stand. I think it's called Luigi, uh, something Luigi's out like in Kennett Square. And their food's pretty good. So they set something up at Villanova where they got the, the pork sandwiches, mm-hmm. the meatball sandwiches, um, hoagies. And it's pretty good. So should I just tell our, our podcast listeners to drop your name and let, let them in the you uh, go to media Vill- room? The line gets – no, no. I'm talking about – Oh, have, this is real? This is real. They have oh, it set up at the other end the of commoners? the commoners? This is for the commoners? But the line gets long. So if you don't – if like whenever they open it, like an hour before the game or um, – if you're not – 
like paying attention, you could have to wait like for a half or, an hour. And, or if you're not wearing J. Crew clothing, you're not going to get. Uh, well, that's that's. I wasn't going to go there, but well, but it's really um, good. The food's little, really. You know, well, the food's really. Two yeah. LaSalle alums and a Temple alum in here. We're going to go there. That's why they put. That's why they actually put two arms. Two, I, I two to, arms on the sweater, so I you can tie it around your waist when you're getting. Exactly. I went to a Temple. Drape it over your shoulders and walked around like the Leah course, and I didn't see anything. They used to have a pretty. They have beer. Well, yeah, but when I'm, yeah, that counts for something, I guess. But they used to have a really good hot dog place that the guy grilled the hot dogs and, and they got rid of that. So I don't know what ha- LaSalle. I don't LaSalle know. is soft pretzels. I think that's about it. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's concessions. Are, the plusher's not good. No, I mean it's a great place no, to you watch. Go to for some reason, white, you go to the White Dog before the game and then. Or you, go to, or you go to Shake Shack, right? right. Shake Shack's right around. Well, the Shake Shack didn't exist when when that's correct. Us old timers went to the plusher. No, I'm an old timer. You're, you're. What was your first game at the plusher? Let's talk about that. I actually think my first game, I was in college, um, and I was taking a photography course, and I went to take pictures at a Roman Overbrook city type, one of the last city title games. Wow. Because it was speedball, and Overbrook was really good. I think they had, like, the best team at Costner was on the team, hmm. and I was taking pictures for my class. I think that's the first time, wow. and I went there for a game because I used to- Did you, like, bring a broom to clean up the bulbs? No. No, it was me, a, guy, a real famous photographer at the, at the uh, Bulletin. Mike Major, I'm pretty sure, and he was like an award-winning. And then one time we used to, I used to bet a lot. I, mean, I hate to admit that, but we went to a game at the Plusters, and and it was like a doubleheader, and and we lost like in the last. Somebody hit a shot in the last couple seconds, so we're sitting up there with Pete Carrill. Pete, Carrill, what year is this? Would have been like about 1979, 1980, in that kind of range. Pete Carrill from Princeton. He was up there. I think he was scouting Penn. Oh, I don't sure, know. Yeah. You know, Pete Carrill won. But by the way, the Plusters. They don't have any more best seat ever for a media person. Oh, God, Because yeah. we used to sit right next to the visiting coach. So you got John Chaney. Mm-hmm. You got Pete Carrill. I remember one time Pete Carrill looked, turned around and looked at us and start like, like, saying, like what kind of call was that? <laughs> Pete, I'm not, we're not the refs. <laughs> like, ask yeah. those guys. But it, it was, and now they have you sitting on the other side. And that's okay. Times change. But it was, it was, you used to love to go to Pluster just for that, even though all the logistics of the Pluster are not that great. But So Villanova. Is number one still, or did they get they're three? Down? But they're three. the Baylor lost so badly. Yeah, not unexpectedly because yeah. they went to West Virginia, so yeah. they'll probably move up to number two, two if they don't lose it. I think were they at St. John's this week? I think yeah, you're at they St. have St. John's. They're at St. John's Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. For, for those of us who have not been living and dying with every Villanova Wildcat shot this year, I haven't either. Um, um, football. We'll season. pretend you're yeah, our expert. Okay, That's pretend. why you're here. Okay. How do they compare to last year's team, and and what's what's the outlook? Well, they're one of the best teams in the country. If they had Phil Booth, they would be better. But I don't know if Phil Booth's ever going to play because his knee hurts and they're not going to let him play until it stops hurting. And it may never stop hurting, or at least not this year. They would be better if they had Amari Spellman, who was ruled ineligible for this season, which I think the NCAA, they should have just let not let him play the first semester, mm-hmm. given him the second semester and not given him his year back at the end but because he's never going to be here for that year at the end probably. Um, they're one of the best teams. Could they win it again? Perhaps, but teams never win it again. I mean, only mm-hmm. two teams since Indiana have, or, or since UCLA have won back-to-backs, Duke and Florida. Um, I think last year's team was better um, because I think they had more – I think they, the rotation was one more. Yeah, I guess they, had they were more complete, too, with, with Ochefu inside. Ochefu was the most underrated guy in that tournament, yeah. and he was hurt during the year, so he was fresh. 
at the end. And then you had uh, Josh Hart developing into maybe the best player. In the, and then you had Jenkins coming on. And uh, Mikhail Bridges came on as the sixth guy you could bring off the bench. But they're still good. They're small. That's yeah. their biggest problem is – and I don't know how many teams out there will give them problems because they're so tall – but you might not play those teams. That's the beauty of the tournament. I mean, look, they lost in the second round the two years before last year. They could lose in the second round this year. I think they could win three or four games. I think they could get to a final eight or maybe even the final four. And it's all about – last year they had a brutal – I mean, they had to play Miami, Kansas, in Louisville, uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, which was you know had beat them, and North Carolina. Yeah. That's a gauntlet. Yeah. So, and they handled it as well. I mean, they set, what, the tournament record for margin of victory. They so. were the best team, and I don't think – well, I shouldn't say it wasn't close because Carolina was really good and Kansas was really good. But they destroyed Miami, which I thought was a really good team, and they just obliterated Oklahoma, and they were the best team. There was nothing flukish about it. All right, so here, here's my question for you. This, to me, this issue kind of is the most fascinating thing to me about Villanova and its place in the city. With respect to kind of like the they're hierarchy. Not in the city. No, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> fair point. I heard that the other day. Yeah, night. I know. They're not in the, I know. They're not the, part the, of the hierarchy city. of Philadelphia sports. Okay, Murph and I virtually every week are talking Eagles on this podcast with good reason, as you should, because they're by far the most popular team. You know, everybody acknowledges that, gets that. You've covered college basketball both in the city and in the country for a long time. How much of an advantage does Nova get? by being kind of under the radar from a media standpoint in Philadelphia. The idea that if Jay loses a game or Nova loses a game, not he's not news. answering for it. Right. You know, there's no headline news. Even when they get bounced out of the tournament a couple of years in a row early, well, Jay it's, said, not, it's not as hot as it Jay would be for somebody that. else. I yeah. mean, I remember the year after they went to the Final Four in 09. The next year they lost in the second round, and they should have lost in the right. first round. And Jay sat there for an hour talking to us. And he goes, you know, guys, if we were in Kentucky, or yeah. we were, they'd be killing me right now. And I was like, Jay, you went to the Final Four last year. They wouldn't be killing you. But his point was well taken. Mm -hmm. And even when they lost in the second round those two years, and people were kind of like, okay, you know, it still wasn't what it would have been. Right. And that's why I think this job was perfect for Jay, is he gets kind of the best of both worlds. Because Villanova does support – I mean, look, it has the best fan base in the Big Five. Mm -hmm. I mean, if somebody wants to argue that, you go ahead and argue, but it's not its not even close. And But he doesn't live in that world where, you know, if you have a, a brain cramp, it's, it's headline, everything you do is... is I, what I'm asking is, I think, do you think that frees him or his players in any way? I don't think it makes a difference. Doesn't make them. a difference. I, I think the, they live in know. their own little world. You know, okay. it's the Villanova basketball yeah. that we all sit there and go, okay, we've heard this a million times. But they believe it. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter what I believe. It matters. Now, the interesting question would be is if if Jay ever becomes coach of another team in this town, mm -hmm. you know, how would that would change? It would it would have to change. I sure. mean, it'd be it'd be different. But I think Jay gets. How can I put that? I think every college guy gets a little bit of a pass. Mm -hmm. I don't think we kill Dumpf if something right. goes wrong or kill Phil or. You know, and you know there's going to be good moments. Um, so you take the good moments and you, and you run with them. But, um, you know, I mean, if, if, if Duke had lost in the second round two years in a row as a, as a you know, a one or a two seed, but Mike's got four titles or yeah. five titles. So that's a little bit yeah. different, too. Now, I think it, I, Villanova is perfectly situated for what they are. I think sometimes the Villanova people think they're something they're not. Mm -hmm. 
And but we we all do. I mean, yeah. every program thinks they're you know they think they should be in the Final Four. You know, like Duke every gets year, to the Final yeah. Four. And but but I mean, look, Villanova's won two titles in the last thirty-two years. I think North Carolina's only won three, mm-hmm. four maybe three. I don't know. So everything's relative. I think Jay is in the was is in the perfect spot, which makes it kind of hard to think he would leave. And I don't think he would leave except. For, but what? Think about this. What more can Jay do at Villanova? It was like there when isn't Matt, any more when Matt Rule do. left Temple, and people, were, oh, yeah, well, you know. What was Mac going to do at Temple? He wasn't winning the national title. Maybe he gets him to a Cotton Bowl or one of those bowls. Okay, fine. So now he's making, you know, he's set for, yeah. What, is Jay Wright going to win another title? I'm not saying he couldn't or get to another Final Four or win more. But, yeah. You know, what, I mean, there are no more worlds to conquer. There's for no him more at, worlds at to Villanova. conquer. Um, yeah. That's true. Which I makes mean, it, which to me makes it interesting, you know, makes his future an interesting story to follow. You Especially know, at this point in his life. Right. It, it, you know, his kids are going to be old enough that they're going to be out of the house soon. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to have the luxury of being able to go to whatever city he and Patty would want to go but to. I don't think that I don't think they want to go to a city. You think they want to stay in the area? I, uh, Patty's family's here. Mm-hmm. I think she's happy here. I just couldn't see him going to like Oklahoma City. Right. No, I don't. Th- okay. Maybe yeah. L.A. Yeah. M- maybe in New York. I think he'd love New York. Sure. Um, although, yeah, I mean. I but, think Brooklyn would be if Brooklyn ever straightened itself out. That would be a possibility. They're never going to straighten themselves. Out. Probably not. They're, 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 and I don't know if the Knicks are ever going to straighten themselves out. As long as Jackson's running, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, whatever. Read my column today for but, but think all about the details this. about that. I mean, so he's, he's Jay's like fifty three ish in in that yeah. range. If he's going to do this, he's got to do it soon. Mm-hmm. I would think. If not, you stay at Villanova and you know they build a statue to you. I mean, they might build a statue anyway. But let's say the Sixers decide they don't want Brett Brown anymore well, for whatever right, so, reason. So you anticipated my question. Let's say that happens. Let's say, because mm-hmm. um, Murph and I have discussed this before and I've written about it. I think that, you know, I know the Colangelos, Jerry in particular, are keeping an eye on Jay. Um, There's a lot of people in the Sixers organization, I think, that would like Jay. Yeah. So let's say, and again, take Brett Brown, what you think of Brett Brown as a coach out of this mm-hmm. because, because it, it's very common for – a new front office, i.e. Brian Colangelo and Jerry Colangelo, to make a head coaching change for whatever reason. So let's say they do that. Let's say they say, Brett, thank you for your service, but we're going to go in a different direction. How do you think, if they were to tap Jay, how do you think he would fare as an NBA coach? I mean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, Patino failed. Cal Parry failed. That doesn't mean Jay's going to fail. I, I know this. Jay has told people that he would like that challenge. Mm. Now, it's got to be the right challenge. Right. I don't think he, he just doesn't go anywhere. Just like Matt Rule wasn't going to go to Rutgers or wasn't going to go to Purdue. So, but, you know, if, if you're presented with an opportunity to five years at seven, I mean, he gets paid very well at Villanova. Mm-hmm. He, he can live a nice life. But, you know, it, it, there's that challenge factor of it. It's like, can I do that? And he's involved with USA Basketball. I mean, maybe he could be coaching the Olympic team yeah. 10 years from now. I, I You know, I don't know this, but... The Sixers next year, you're going to have Embiid, Simmons, another good draft pick. Maybe at that point, free agents start looking at you. Mm-hmm. That really, So maybe you know, you're looking at two or three years down the road, you could be a viable NBA franchise. I'm not saying win the championship, but you could be – maybe that intrigues them. Yeah. I, I, I don't – you know, at some point, if somebody asks him the question and he'll have to make a decision, he's got a good life at Villanova. Yeah. I mean, it's not – and I don't think there's another college job Oh, I don't. He I would agree. leave for. I, I, I think people were so naive about that because I, a few years ago, I think it was Cincinnati came up or something. I'm like, what? Yeah, really? <laughs> that, yeah, that's, that's you know, 
And I, I just I mean, think- he, he was Kentucky was looking at him before he had gotten to the final yep. four. And yep. it was, and he was like, "Nah, I don't think so." Because and he didn't need Kentucky. Yeah, trust me. Yeah, and he's got it. I mean, he, what he's built there, and 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 not only with the team, but in the community, the whole the whole thing. Yeah, it's what Villanova, you know, wanted to be, and he, and he made it happen. So it'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. But you know that the, 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 if Brett Brown gets fired on a Tuesday, you know somebody's column is going to be, "Hey," and, and maybe he's not the right step. Like maybe there's an NBA guy or somebody that's more suited to because the Sixers, I think, are looking at this now, like. We can be a contender mm-hmm. in two or three years. So, who's do we that want guy? to turn that over to a guy without any experience? And, and ha- well, let me ask you a question: How do you think the city would react if they announced at some point Jay Wright? And we're all speculation here. Sure. This is all Jay Wright's the new coach of the Sixers. I think there would be a healthy amount of skepticism. I really do. I think, but he's well liked. He's well liked at Villanova. Okay. I think the microscope would get. You know, would obviously change. Mm-hmm. I think there would be a lot of skepticism about, okay, the the time, the era of hiring somebody because on paper they look like the right candidate mm-hmm. is over for the Sixers. I think there would be a feeling of, okay, if you're going to take that next step now, you should have gone out and gotten somebody who's already taken that step, as opposed to Jay, who has done it at the college level, but who knows whether he's going to do it at the NBA skeptical. level. And this is just me of college guys going to, to me like Urban Meyer could never coach in the NFL, but he's perfect for college. If yeah. I'm, you know, Nick Saban, same mm-hmm. thing. Um, there are just guys that are programmed. Shashevsky. Uh, that's why the Michigan State coach didn't go to Cleveland. Yeah. Co- whether that was right or wrong, who knows? And they said, yeah, Patino and Calipari, the two mo- two of the most successful coaches in college basketball history, who couldn't get it done in the pros for whatever reason. Um, because you can't pick your players in the press. But if you're going to a team that has an emerging star, mm-hmm. uh, maybe two emerging stars, maybe somebody coming in, and I think there's always that little itch in the back of your mind. I don't think from Jay's standpoint, and like I said, I'm just we're all speculation here. I, I think it's at some point he would say, I gotta scratch that itch. Mm-hmm. Um now I'm with you. I think whether the, same the Sixers thing. think that and I all indications I'm getting is that the Sixers so yeah, you know they like him. They do. Yes, and there's yeah. nothing wrong with like he's right. a likable guy. But you, you're not going to get covered at Villanova or at, down in South Philly the way you get right. covered out there. And, That's right. And I think he knows that he's not Jay's not a stupid guy. Right. But you know, after a year of that, can you handle that? You know, when somebody is criticizing your move or, right. or or you know, boy, you didn't really coach that well last night, Jay, and and your guy just got caught in the parking lot doing something he shouldn't have been doing, and mm-hmm. how are you going to handle this? And he never has to deal with that very much out there. That's right. I mean, Murph, what are your thoughts about this? I, I, I know we've, we've explored the importance of a head coach in the NFL. He wants Temple to build a new football stadium. Well, yeah, That's yeah. It's, I can see him like <laughs> posting something on a, on a message board right now, actually. Uh. Um, I mean, what are your thoughts about just NBA coaches in general? I'm curious. I know, I, you know, I know you're kind of um, uh, willing I mean, to I, give Brett, Brett Brown, you know, a fairly long leash until he has something resembling a full NBA. Yeah, roster. I mean, look, Eric Spolestra. Spolstra. Spolestra. Won a. Uh, he's we're in Philadelphia, so oh, therefore right. he is Spolestra. Okay. Uh, won a NBA championship. Two. Two. Yeah. Um. You know, Mike. Did Mike Brown lose the Cavs? Got to the finals. The finals. Yeah. You know, I mean, look. I think coaching matters, but I'm just not sure that there's much of a way to tell. Do you, I, I, 
like Popovich clearly great coach, mm-hmm. great mind. Um, Phil Jackson clearly great coach, great mind. Lousy team president, but great coach. Lousy yeah. team president. They all had great players. Otherwise, you know, I don't know. It I just tough. I'm not sure how much. I, th- yeah. I think baseball and basketball are the two sports where it's yeah. your players above all else. That I think that in matter. college basketball, the coach makes more of a oh, difference. Oh, absolutely. Sure. And, and again, though, it's about having players. I mean, if you, you – Yeah, know. but no, I mean, like, Izzo's a great college basketball but coach. Duke but basketball is Mike Krzyzewski. Michigan State basketball right, but is but it's a completely different game. Right, but it's a coach's game. Right. I'm not sure the pro game. I, I yeah, tend to agree I'm, with you. I mean, does, can a coach make a difference? Sure. But – you know, here, hey, LeBron, here's the ball. We need to score. Go. I mean, really? I'm going to call. Like, well, last year, didn't LeBron, like, overrule a play at the end Basically, of the game? Basically, yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jordan, before that guy got fired. He, LeBron is not just the coach of that team. Yeah. He's the general manager. He's the team and Jordan, president. And yeah. how much was Jordan the coach? Right. I mean, Phil was calling the shots. Well, you know, it's interesting. Going back to the Final Four last year, I talked to Josh Hart about this, about whether he thought Jay might be, an, you know, a good pro coach. And Josh was very honest. He said, you know, I don't know, like, you know, is he going to yell at Kobe Bryant to dive on the floor to chase a loose ball? Mm-hmm. You know, and is Kobe going to listen to him if he does? Are they going to play Sixers basketball? Well, that's like yeah. George. I mean, George Carl just came out with a book that right. essentially yeah. said what everybody has seen is that nobody, no matter who you are, and, and he's had some great ones co- try to coach him. No one can coach Carmelo Anthony right. except Mike, Mike Shashevsky. You know, yeah. Um, and Jay is very much of a hands-on guy, like almost to the point. How can I put it? You know, like if if. Pre-game meal is at 12-12. It's not a 12-10. It's not a 12-15. It's a 12-12. Mm-hmm. And that's great when you're dealing with 19, 20-year-old kids. And it might be great when you're dealing with 30-year-old stars. I, I don't know this. Maybe it depends on who the star is. Yeah. But I just think he's going to have to change, too. And he's probably well aware of that. But, like, you know, what's made him great might not be what right. would make him successful at the next level. I, I will I, say this. Um and this is surely to be a narrative that you would you would hear, I, I would assume, as it gets closer to this date. But uh, the Raptors have a point guard named Kyle Lowry who can opt out of his contract after this season. Yes, he can. And How old is Kyle? I'm a big Kyle Lowry fan. 30? Uh, which 31? is not really breaking any news. I'm looking. I'm trying to stall here uh, That's to, okay. look, to find your answer. Yeah. No, uh, I, no, I think he's, he's around 30. I think he's 30 or 31. But yeah. I think that, that would be – put it this way, if – Kyle Lowry said, "I'll come to the Sixers if Jay Wright is my coach." Uh-huh. I would do it in a second, and, yeah. and that may that may happen. Um, and I have no problem with Kyle Lowry. I'm just always leery of getting guys too, like you know, getting a guy, paying him a lot of money, and then two years later, you're like, "Why did we give him a lot of money?" Because mm-hmm. he's 33 now. But yeah, I, I have no problem with Kyle Lowry. Yeah, Kyle Lowry would be great. And maybe that's the. Uh, I mean, Kyle Lowry would be a win now move. Yes. Yeah. And they might not be quite ready to win now, but it, it, it's, ah, you're, that's the thing in the NBA. It, you know, you're always as long as there's a certain guy playing in Cleveland. To me, you're not. You, you well, get, the thing about you got to give Robert, him. You a, can't yeah. just give. I mean, yeah. oh no, no, they could be the second or third best. Kyle Lowry will be 31. 31, right. and you know, he, and he's been in the league. For I didn't 12. realize he'd been, been yeah. in the league. Yeah. And, and I mean, possible. Jay hasn't coached him for 12 years. Right, and it is possible in the NBA to make a giant leap in one year. Sure, like. Nobody thinks of it that way, but it's true. Like we, we I think especially we, in the East. Yeah, and and we think of, you know, teams like the Cavaliers making a slow rise when LeBron was young, um, but the Celtics did it, and they revamped themselves in one right. year. But they're still um, not the Oklahoma. Yeah, they're still not ready to win, though. I mean, the Celtics are good, but I don't look at the Celtics as a title threat. Maybe I'm. No, I'm talking about when they had Garnett. And, oh, and oh, 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 I'm just talking know, about the last ago. couple years with, yeah. with Stevens. Well, I mean, the Oklahoma City Thunder 
draft Durant, wait a year, right. draft Westbrook, wait a year, and then boom, they go from 20 wins to 50. Yeah. Um, but, they, I mean, they had two Hall of Famers probably. But, yeah. I mean, let's say you brought Lowry in. So, next year you're looking at, okay, you got Lowry. You got Simmons, who basically isn't going to play much this mm-hmm. year. You got Embiid, who, who's playing. But, I mean, I just don't think you make that leap. Maybe two years from now, they, they could be – maybe they get better next year. Yeah. They, they win yeah. like 35 games or well, something like that. Here, here's the other part of that, too. And D-Line uh, actually made this point on Comcast the other day, and it was a good one, which is look at the Golden State. It used to be the conventional wisdom was you had to have two stars in the NBA to win. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then Miami came along with LeBron, Wade, and Bosh. And, okay, now you need three. Well, look at Golden State. Golden State's got four. They've got Curry, Thompson, Durant, and Draymond Green. So if that's the standard of what it's going to take to compete for a championship now, A, how close are the Sixers to getting that, to that number? You would mm-hmm. think if all goes right, they have two in Embiid and Simmons. But B, who's going to coach that team? I just don't think you can measure yourself by, by Golden State, though. To me, that's unrealistic because that's just that, it's one of those freak things that happened. I don't think Durant goes there if they win the title last year. Mm-hmm. But they didn't, so he did. And now they're, they're going to have to pay all those guys, and I guess they can figure out a way to do that. But to me, I'm more concerned with getting out of the East. Mm-hmm. And to me, the object, the obstacle is LeBron. Mm-hmm. And he's probably got about three more pretty good years, I'm guessing, because he's got a lot of mileage on him. It's, yeah. It could be like Kobe. But I'm saying that's, to me, what you got to chase. Get to the final, and then, then you can worry about if we need a piece here or a piece there. But Golden State might be unbeatable, by, by, except by maybe – San Antonio or, or, or Cleveland, Cleveland right yeah. now. But if Embiid is what we think Embiid could be and Simmons is what we think he could be and you add a piece this year and you got Saric, you know, who looks like he's a pretty good player coming, you know, as your sixth or seventh man, the guy that you – and then I don't think they're going to get much for their big guys. But, yeah, you know, I mean, if only they drafted Porzingis. But, yeah, you can't go back. That's that's right. life. Uh, but, yeah, they could be – they can now be moving up to where you think they're one of the top two or three or four teams – Behind Cleveland, because mm-hmm. Boston's getting better. Yeah, uh, Toronto's yeah. not bad, but if they lost, um, well, Boston's interesting. Boston's interesting to me because Boston went the the opposite way right. from the Sixers. They decided we're going to collect a bunch of pretty good players mm-hmm. and then try to strike. And you know, we get Al Horford or something like that. And there's but, a college coach who's doing pretty right. well. Brad Stevens doing very well. But my argument would be, all right, let's say Boston gets Cleveland in a playoff series. Mm-hmm. How many games do you think it's going to take the Cavaliers to take care of them? Six, probably. I mean, that's the thing about Toronto. Same thing. Toronto's a very yeah. good team. Right. Toronto didn't have much of a chance against the— They took them to seven. Took them six. And it was they, six last year? It was okay. six. And okay. the Cavs blew them out in right. games five and six. Well, that's, I mean, when you have LeBron and, and, yeah. and, and Kyle and, and Love, Love yeah. you, ha- you have three of those pieces. Right. right. Um, and now you have Korver, who's going to—I mean, he's yeah. going to find more open shots than he's ever found in his career. But I, I think if the Sixers get too hung up on what we got to beat— just make yourself really good, mm-hmm. and maybe at some point, other teams are looking at the Sixers like, "Hey, that's the team. Yeah. We, you know, we, we got to deal with Embiid. We got to deal with Simmons. Um, maybe we got to deal with Lowry." Yeah, I mean, I think if you get Lowry for a for, for a good price, and I don't know what that means anymore in the world we live in, but I I would I would have no problem mm-hmm. bringing him in here, knowing that you're probably going to get two or three. Good years out of him, and you might at the end of the contract. Well, you that's might the other question: is Do you sign a point guard like a Lowry, or do you draft one? The draft is going to be why not do point, both? Point guard heavy, you could. I mean, you know, to me, you can never have enough good players. Hmm. Um, 
if you bring Lowry in and, and maybe, God forbid, you're picking, we don't know what they're going to be picking. They could be picking first for all the heck we know, mm-hmm. and they could have two picks. Yeah. Um, or maybe you package those two picks to to get a Jimmy Butler. Or yeah. I mean, you imagine next year if your backcourt was um, Lowry and Butler? Mm. With Embiid in the middle. And, and Simmons on a wing? That's not bad. That ain't bad. Well, here's my question. Is there any validity to a criticism of Jay Wright that would say the most of, – of his teams, the most NBA stylistically of his teams, you know, the Foyer, Ray Lowry teams. Um, what I'm trying to say, he's never, been a, he's never been a guy who's had that NBA talent that he's, that he's built around. I mean, Lowry's no, – That's what's made him – yeah. Well, I know, but, yeah. I mean, it's a different style of game. Well, he, got, the criti- NBA he and got criticized for the way he played with those guys because people said he played too much through his guards. But that's what I'm saying. I yeah. mean, it, it, it is the fact that he, those teams underachieved. Um, you know, and it's, the Scotty Reynolds team was kind of an NBA team a little bit where, where in terms of style, I mean, yeah. it, the, the whole offense ran through one player. And that's usually not it. Well, I don't know. if it, I mean, the 06 team, did they underachieve by losing in the final eight to Florida? I, I don't no, see I don't that. No, after, well, no, after I mean, that. Well, the the 08, I mean, they 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 weren't in 09. They went to the final four in in 2010. They were great until the final two weeks of the season. They fell apart in the final for whatever reason we don't know. But for much of the year, they were in the top five. So, and then they had a couple of years. Then they went downhill yeah. for a couple of years because he tried to change. But his I, style. I'm, not, I'm talking about style. What, what is his style well, right now? And does it tra- and does it translate to the NBA? Boy, I mean, that's a tough question because he's never really had a lot of great big guys. Um, cause it's tough to get big guys to come to Villanova. There's not a lot of big guys in college basketball yeah. anymore. I mean, I just feel like Jay Wright's teams have mostly been the three guards pretty evenly distributed. He likes wise. to play through his perimeter. And to be honest in the NBA now, that's what way you play. Right. But I'm talking about in the NBA, you know, which guy is going to get how many shots per night, essentially. Right. That's not necessarily the case of Villanova. And that, that, that's, oh, I know, that's who's get, I know who's getting shots. Josh Hart's getting shots. Chris Jenkins getting shots. When Scotty Reynolds was there, Scotty Reynolds got shots. I think their roles are very well-defined okay. in Villanova. No, I mean, that's just me. Jay's got criticized before for letting his guys, like, relying too much, much on, on those guys, um, which I thought was a little unfair. But that, that that's what people said. Well, you know, Jay let Scotty, mm-hmm. you know, and then if Scotty had an off night, you know, what do we do? Right, but Scotty Reynolds isn't – maybe Scotty Reynolds was, actually, which is why that team kind of fell on its face. But he's not overruling his – he's not He's not going to stand up to Jay Wright and say, no, this is not what we're running right now. Whereas <laughs> Derek – in the NBA, you're dealing with guys like Derek Rose who won't show up for a game. Well, I, Carmelo Anthony, who, who, according to George Carl – just didn't care about playing defense. Maybe that's why getting Lowry on this team would be a good thing. I, right, I mean, but I'm trying. I'm just talking about Jay Wright's style I think specifically. Is it suited? En- is it suited for well, the NBA? I think Jay is smart enough that he could adapt. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Maybe he won't adapt, and maybe you're dealing with different. It's a whole different world. Yeah. I mean, it's a, yeah. It is. You're 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 not telling 19 and 20 year old kids what to do. Yeah. You're, that's. I mean, that's again. You know, we talk. You mentioned Greg Popovich and being a great coach. No doubt, he's a great coach. But how much greater was he made for having Tim Duncan there to say, hey, if Pop tells you to show up at 12-12, you show up at 12-12 because I'm going to be there at 12-12. Um, it's a question, we, you know, would yeah. Phil Jackson have won NBA titles if he didn't have Michael and Scotty and then had Kobe and, and Shaq. Shaq? I mean, you know, you can make the argument I could have won with those teams, mm-hmm. but somebody still had to coach them. Yeah. I mean, they still had to figure out a way to become those teams, uh, you know, for all I know, Larry Brown might have been the greatest coach 
to come down the pipe, and he, you know, he won one title. But uh, I just want to go home. I just play the right way. Smell my kids. <laughs> but I mean, I, I don't know what makes a. Gr- I mean, you know, Brad Stevens now seems like I, I think the greatest accomplishment I've ever seen in college basketball was Butler getting to the final game two years in a row, yeah, and almost beating Duke the, mm-hmm. the one year. He seems like he's doing a good job. Billy Donovan seems like he was doing, especially when he had Durant. Yeah. But then you said like Patino and Calipari just yeah. turned into I mean, mush. Maybe, maybe it's simply a matter of personality. I mean, Calipari was when he was with the Nets was famously paranoid. You know, yeah. thought about the phones being bugged. Well, what if what if the Nets had taken Kobe instead of Curry Kittles? Yeah. What if um, I think it was Patino who didn't get Tim Duncan? Right. It changes everything. Yeah. You know, if Tim Duncan comes out as a junior. Yeah, we don't get everything. Allen, we get Tim. Tim. Now, would Tim would Tim have won five titles here? Right. Don't know. Right. He won yeah. five titles where he was at, or four or five. I don't know how many. It he, turned was okay. out. he was okay. He was okay. I would take Tim Duncan on my team. Yeah. Um, work wise, what you got going on? Anything? Any big project? Anything? I don't know. No. It's college basketball. You know, you, you try. You're trying to get. Look, college basketball is about March. That, that's and last year we had a great March. That was St. Joe in the A10 was was so much fun to cover that. And then even St. Joe in the tournament. Was, mm-hmm. And but Villanova in the tournament obviously stole the show. Um, so, you know, getting into that a little bit and um, reminiscing about Flyers. I was remember, I had I mean, you <laughs> yeah, know, you wrote a Flyers little piece. Little 12-year-old, 14, whatever. So, all right, so you are both a Temple alumnus and have covered Temple football for years and years. Yeah, um, some bad years. Yeah. Um, Murph and I have talked about the Temple Stadium mm. campaign on this podcast before. The floor is open. Your thoughts. My thought is, if you can build it for a hundred million, and you think that that's affordable, and you're not going to tax the students both now and twenty years from now, and we all know they have problems dealing with the Eagles, and I'm not into those conversations, so I don't know if the Eagles are fair, or not fair. I think it helps your program to be playing at the link mm-hmm. when you recruit. I mean, provided you can get twenty five, thirty thousand kids come in and see it. I just don't know what an on-campus facility does, except maybe it gets more students there. And I think their hope is that those students then become people who give money, mm-hmm. 10, 15, that, that don't now for whatever reason, because Temple's always been that kind of school. But I think you also cut off a certain amount of people who won't go into the city, mm-hmm. won't go to North Broad Street, where the parking will be bad, the tailgating might not be as good, um, to watch East Carolina. Mm-hmm. That's just me. Um, and especially if it's going to cost $200 million. Yeah. And you just look at it and say, like, if you're trying to become bigger time, which I assume they are, why am I building the 35,000-seat stadium when I'm playing in a 60,000 or 65,000-seat stadium, except my the people who I'm paying the rent to, maybe I don't get along with. I understand those concerns. If this was Pittsburgh and you had the relationship that the Steelers have with Pitt, we wouldn't be having this conversation, but... I just my one fear is, you know, if they had somebody come up, a, a, a guy said, "I'm giving 100 million." Mm-hmm. Another guy said, "I'm giving 50." If this was Auburn, right? Five bubbas <laughs> say, "We're all, you know, we're going to give." Th- okay, it's all paid for, right? No problem. But I don't want to see a family's 20 years from now paying an extra five grand to go to to go to a great school that was affordable, which is one of the things that made it a great school, so that the football team can play there six or seven. And I know they're going to use it for other things. I know you know. Yeah. You're going to have classrooms. You're going to have this or that. But basically, it's a football stadium. Yeah. It, it's funny. Mur- Murph has written about this uh, I've read quite him. a bit. You know, I've read and, them all. Very eloquently. And I'm in the midst of reading uh, Billion Dollar Ball by Gilbert Gall, who's the two-time Pulitzer winner for the Inquirer and did a big series about 15, 20 years ago about 
the explosion of college football and the money in college football. And, you know, he shows very clearly the data that unless you are one of the elite Texas, you know, have, Alabama, have. unless you're a have, right. you are, you you're are ch- really, chasing, you know, it, you are it, a have not with the accent it, on the not. It's when it a comes nuclear to the war and yeah. you're losing all the time. You're yeah. falling behind yeah. every year because the Big Ten schools get more money. The SEC schools are getting more money. Your conference isn't getting more money. Yeah. It's. I remember what they went through to build the Leah Core Center, mm-hmm. and that was held up by by John Street, and there was all, all you know kind. Of, and there was people then that said they shouldn't have that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, wait a minute. The state was giving them money. What they should have done, and I they probably ruined the day. They should have built a mini carrier dome because mm-hmm. I was told they could have done it for not a whole lot more money. You know, maybe you have a football stadium that would seat at 30, 35. You could have converted it. Would have solved their problems. But and the other thing is, if you build a thirty-five thousand seat on campus. Who's coming in there to play in that? You, you get in now. They have a game scheduled with Oklahoma and the down to twenty five, whatever. You, you're going. Schools would rather play there than play in the link. Now I understand if the link has fifteen, twenty thousand people in it, which occasionally it does, and that's probably inflated. It doesn't look good. Right. It's not a good look. But you know, would they have gotten Notre Dame right. for that game last year or or Penn State? I don't. And they're not playing Penn State anymore, so I don't know how that works. I, I'm just. If, if you can financially make sense of it, I'm okay with it. But And they keep trying to make financial sense of it. And every time I, I've read all Murr stuff, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. And he's compared it to other cities. And to other, Akron and, and UConn. And, 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 and it and just doesn't yeah. It just doesn't work. And the one thing we don't have in this town is like a 30,000, 35,000. But what else is Temple going to use it for? What, are you going to play a high school playoff game there? You're yeah. gonna, I don't know. T- you know. Tell me, but... Yeah, I don't know. And your program's just won ten games. I mean, you won ten games this year. You won the title and you went to the military bowl. <laughs> Baylor went six and six and went to a better bowl. Lost their last six games, and people want to ask me why Matt Rule left. Yeah, huh? Really? But and that doesn't mean Temple football so much better now than it was, it was fifteen right. years ago. I, I'll I'll give them all that. But just because you can compete on the field with Penn State doesn't mean you're Penn State, right? And I I think that's where there's a disconnect that um um. You, you, you're not one of them. You might not even be Houston or South Florida or, or Memphis. I, I, I don't know. Cause and all three of those schools just lost their coaches to bigger programs. And, and you know, it's great that they're winning. I, I'm, I'm happy. You know, it, it's, it's good to see them be successful. And, but it's almost like they have their little niche. Yeah. And that's okay by me. I, I'm fine with it. But I, I think then they start dreaming bigger. And I'm not saying you shouldn't dream big. I, I don't mean it that way. Um, but I, I just get careful with like where, where, like, where do we want to be 20 years from now? Now, obviously they can tell you we want to be a have. Okay. Good luck to you. Yeah. Good luck. Exactly. And, and right now their program, like people don't look at their program like they did, you know, they, they look at temple. Okay. You're, you're kind of a real life program. So that's, that's good. Now where, now where do you go? Murph, your thoughts? I'm just thinking about tacos. You know what? So am I. Yeah. That's oh, well. I haven't eaten lunch yet. Yeah, I haven't either. All right. So you two guys got to eat lunch. We should uh, wrap this up then, Mike. Thank two you so much. Two for ninety nine cents. Hey, how can you beat that? We will. We will bring you back and we'll talk about hoagies because we didn't touch on hoagies. Okay, fair you know, point. We da- dive into Marinucci's. Oh, okay. Where's that? Up in Northeast Philly. They honest to God, like yeah, and they don't slice it until you order it, which means it's a lot better. Yeah. And they slice it. Th- oh God, don't know. All right, well, food podcast (sighs) later this year with Mike Kern.
Thanks for listening, everybody.